As of the end of 2021, one in five adults say that they struggle with mental illness. Um, 57.2% of those adults received no treatment in 2020 or 2021 um, who are just off struggling with that stuff. Science shows that mental health affects our physical health and that physical health also affects our mental health. The main factors that they've found um, of poor health, physical or mental, are kind of from the same things. Things like stress, genetics, economic status, cultural status, social systems, and nutrition. Today we're gonna talk a little bit about self-care, but while I was researching self-care, I also came across some of these uh, funny tweets about it, so. (laughs) To lighten the mood after those stats, right? So one girl said, I have a new self-care tactic. I'm gonna talk to myself the way I talk to my dog. Hey, sweet girl, you want a treat? You're so chubby and cute. You need a nap. What a good girl, right? I found another one that said, me taking a sip of water. My body's like, is this self-care? Right? Self-care is probably not taking a million undeserved breaks after doing the bare minimum, but hashtag self-care, you know. Canceling plans, it's okay. Staying home is cool, right? Disappearing for a bit to get your life together, that's okay too. Resurfacing in a foreign country 10 years later under a new name. I think that's called self-care, you know. (laughs) Me, while being completely broke. Is buying nice, expensive things I can't afford self-care? Right, I I feel like we've all had those thoughts like, man, I know I need something better in my life. Things have been rough. I'm not where I should be. And you're like, I don't always know what to do in those moments. He gets it, totally understands. And, you know, so today we're gonna look into what self-care truly is um, and why it fits into our series, First Things First. Because we're starting off our year um, right by trying to get things in order, the things that we should be doing um, in our lives to make this our best year and to set up our lives for um, success in the way that God's created success for us as we move forward. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training and they do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that, uh, that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. You know, we've been, this is actually the last week of um, this series here. My mic is not staying in place. Um, this is the last week of this series. And there's been some really good information comes out. This is even going through this for myself has been a really good reminder, but I want to remind you that hearing these things doesn't benefit your life. It's putting them into practice. It's just like Paul was saying in the scriptures. I don't just know, I don't just listen, I don't just study, but I discipline my body and I train it to do what it should. See, athletes, they practice basic movements of their positions over and over again. So that in those game time stressful moments, their body knows how to do it right and to do the right thing coming from their subconscious. They don't have to sit and think, what do I do right now? Or, or how should my life be organized? They just do it. And that's how our faith should be. We should be getting these basics down. You know, while life is maybe easier, why it feels like it's just practice, so that it'll come natural when life gets hard when we get up against the wall, when life feels like it's being a little bit too much, our body subconsciously will do the right things. That's why it's so important to get these first things first. 
Today we're talking about self-care, and I believe it has an importance, and it has been kind of overlooked by the church for many years, kind of under the, the guise of sacrificing yourself for God and others. I wholeheartedly believe those things are important, as they've been the first of the first things first. But they also go hand in hand with taking care of yourself. Jesus, Jesus himself said in Mark 6, 31, come away by yourself to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. He told his disciples, hey, let's get away and you need rest. You need to care for yourself because all these people were coming and wanting things from them, but they hadn't even had time to care for themselves. And it was important to Jesus to pull them away. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, he invites us to do the same. He says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Even God himself exampled this for us at the very creation of the earth. In Genesis 2, 2 to 3, it says, on the seventh day, God had finished the work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all the work of creation. Right? None of the other days, the day that he did his work was not holy, but the day that he took a break, that he rested, that was the day declared holy. This is so important that even the Sabbath was part of the 10 commandments. That this is something that we must know as kind of our most basic thing to take a Sabbath, to find moments of rest. And what's even crazier to me is God doesn't grow tired. He's infinite. He's endless. His power is always fully available to him. Yet to show us what we should be doing, he rested himself. We are living in the time of the most anxious, most depressed amount of people we've ever seen. This life is just getting busier and busier and people are like, well, it's just this and that, but it's not. Statistics show everywhere that the pressure on humans in the world we live in today is at an all-time high between financial stress and work stress and home life stress and um, all the different avenues of input that comes into us from the internet and things. It, this is the most stressful time to be alive, right? That's really hopeful. Um, you know, <laughs> the end, have a good day. No, I'm just kidding. But this is why self-care has been this kind of main topic all around society. But the problem is when you look at what the world is saying about self-care, they miss that most important part that God has to come first. And that loving others and caring for others is still needed. God has a life planned for you that this type of stuff, the stress, the, the pressures of the world don't need to be weighing on you. But it comes from getting these first things first. And like I said, these sermons, this whole series, it flows together. Because the first steps to proper self-care has already been discussed. Keeping God number one in your life. Because his promise is, if you take care of my things, I'm going to take care of your things. If God, the promised to care for all of my stuff. Why would I even begin to worry about it? Why would I even let it stress me out? But there is that step of I need to watch out for his things and be doing what he's asked me to do. And so there's those habits we talked about that we need to automate and um, get into the place in our lives. And then there's the thing that he asked us of loving others. To love God and take care of his things is to love the people around you. That's part of the promise and then he will care for our stuff. So if you missed those sermons, because this matter of self-care is important to you, go back and catch them on our Facebook or YouTube or our podcast, because this is important to getting your life on the path that God has for you. 
we are made of three parts, um, body, soul, and spirit. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Now, there's some different discussions out there on whether we are three parts or two parts where there's like body and soul at the two main and your spirit is alive in your soul. It, it's still three things. There's still spirit, soul, and body. And so as we look into self-care, we're going to look at these three things because they're all parts of us that we need to be caring for. And your spirit, self-care in your spirit is really what we've talked about already, keeping God first building those habits that keep him first in our lives, coming to um, automating those things that we need to do, and then our soul care. This is where we talked about loving God with our soul is building those habits so that our soul stays closer to the, the spirit side of our lives, that it's hearing from God and not just from our flesh. And those things come when we build those habits so that daily it's reminded this is what we're supposed to be doing. Right, things like coming to church, fellowshipping with other believers, reading the Bible, um, spending time in worship and prayer, giving generously and eating and gathering in other people's homes. It starts there. I think where most people struggle with self-care is really that they just don't care about themselves. Right? It's either from they don't have a good view of themselves. They you you they hate things about themselves. Ah, I dislike this. I wish I was like this. I don't like this stuff. Or in general, that they just don't care enough about themselves to take care of themselves. And then there's people in the church because of the way that we were taught. And this is really the way that I was raised. Is like, I thought I wasn't allowed to care for myself. That the Bible says you're not supposed to love yourself. And there is verses that talk Along this line, like Luke 9, 23 through 25, it says, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you yourself are lost or destroyed? So the NIV version says that he must deny himself. And that doesn't mean take, don't take care of yourself or don't love yourself. If you actually look at spiritual self-care, as we talked about, it starts with keeping God number one. This is what this verse is talking about. Give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Like, it's not about you going out to, to save yourself. Because we have to give it to God and God's things. Sometimes we have to deny our plans to follow God, but that doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself at the same time. Sometimes those same people... They say, well, I, I don't eat healthy or I don't go to the gym or I don't rest or take care of myself because I have to deny myself of those things for God. But we are commanded to care for ourselves, to love ourselves. Even physical self-care, of taking care of our body. These things are important, but it falls beneath spiritual and soul care. It's that third step, but it's still an important step. It does not mean it should be forgotten. Come back to like body care stuff in a second. But if we look at the greatest commandment, which we've been basing this series out of um, in Matthew 22, verse 39, it says, A second is equally important, talking about the greatest command love your neighbor as yourself. All right, we've talked about what does love your neighbor mean? That was last week, but how should we love others? Does it say that? It says, As we love ourselves. 
Right, see, here there's where there's a lot of confusion in my life. When I read this verse over and over again, I felt like, well, if I had to deny myself, I, I had taught myself to hate myself and hate who I was. And then was like, well, I'm supposed to love people like I love myself. Well, I don't love myself. I have been into the spots of my depression where all I wanted to do was kill myself. And according to that scripture, then to love others is to kill others. And I don't think that's what Jesus wanted. But there's got to be an understanding of this. Jesus knew what he was saying when he said this, right? It wasn't just a word that he threw out. He was like, no, you will care for yourself. And that's in the same way that you should care for the people around you. Ephesians 5, 29 says, no one hates his own body, but feeds it and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. We have to love ourselves to love others best. I think we can still love people easily through the process, but we all have a, because ba- we have that basic understanding of how to care for ourselves, whether we do it or not, so we know how to care for other people. But real love will start to flow when you understand how God cares about you. Right? Obedience, like we talked about last week, is God's love language. And we see in the greatest commands that we are commanded to love ourselves. Right? And when we aren't, we are not loving God. Do you understand that? When you are, are hating on yourself, and not loving who God made you to be, then you are not loving God. I think soul, soul care matters here because I, I believe loving ourselves comes from understanding who we are. Now, as we talked about that first week, we can only love God once we understand how much he loves us. And I think the same thing rings true about loving ourselves. It has to come from that understanding of how much God loves us. Psalm 139, 13 through 14 says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And NIV version there says, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. To love yourself is soul care. And that comes from understanding that God didn't make a mistake when he made you. That you can be different from the people around you because you are wonderfully made. In actuality, if you're looking and trying to live exactly like someone else, then you're probably not accepting who you are and who God created you to be. The body of Christ needs you to accept who you are and find the place that he created for you. First and foremost, know that you're not just a person that's loved by God from a distance, but that he has called you a child. He's child. John 1, 12 says, but to all who believe in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. This is the real foundation, right? that he loves you so much that even before you loved him, that he gave everything for you and we get that ability to love him back because he loves us. As his child, we are perfectly loved, perfectly cared for, just as we are. He wants what's best for us. He has our best intentions at heart. We are made in his image and we are not incomplete or lacking, but we can feel whole if we can accept that. Do you guys grasp that? Here's some things that I would recommend you to do to to better, man, this thing is really irritating me today. As you guys could probably tell, I'm probably really distracting with it. Um, But here's some things I would recommend for you guys to better understand how God made you and and understand that wonderfully complex part. 
Um, there's personality tests out there, and some people go, personality tests are from Satan. And yeah, right. Satan's not that smart. Sorry, guys. Uh, like, God made you. And there are scientists out there who are like, hey, people have similar characteristics. And God has made you very unique. So you can't just take one and go, I'm exactly like this 100%. But it can help bring understanding. Things like the Enneagram test. Or things like Meyer-Briggs personality tests. Those things will start to show you how God uniquely created you to be you and why you're not like those other people that you're trying to be sometimes. There's things like the Strength Finder um, by Gallup. This one is one of my favorite. It, it's not free, but it shows you your top five natural talents and then how you can develop into strengths. And my favorite thing about that is how it's all of these things, once you go and then you take a spiritual gift test or your fivefold spiritual gift, it's like God had a plan for your life. And he made you with physical traits and abilities that match up with the spiritual gifts that he's given you so that you can be exactly the, the masterpiece that he created you to be. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. You are a masterpiece. And not just any masterpiece, right? You are one created by the most creative being ever. The only one that creates life and has literally no one that compares to him. Right? Like the best artist ever drew a portrait of you, right? You know, whoever artist that you're, you're a fan of and you're like this, I'm a masterpiece now. But this guy is a million times better than that. And it's not just something that gets to hang on a wall. It's something that is out doing something, a purpose that he's created you with. I believe between developing those habits we talked about a couple weeks ago and understanding who you are internally will help develop that soul care that you need. Uh, a recent survey showed that the daily habit of self-acceptance was the cause of most people's happiness. Waking up and saying, God, I understand you have made me wonderfully, fearfully, that I am a masterpiece with a purpose. And God, would you show me that today? Would you bring me to those moments today where I see that? As Christians, self-acceptance starts with knowing that we are God's children and we have a, the perfect father who's going to care for us in every single way, loves us 100% all the time, and we are wonderfully and fearfully made. And to understand how we function is just the beginning of it all. What's really helped me through a lot of my depression is understanding that just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean that I need to look like every other Christian. That we've all been created differently and I need a place in the body. So moving from soul care over to physical care or body care. And some of these things translate to soul care and they all mix together because like we said at the very beginning, physical health and mental health are pretty much connected. That if you're struggling with one, then the other one is probably struggling as well. 1 Corinthians 16, 19 through 20 says, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God brought, bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Romans 12, 1 says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Now, you may run into some people and say that those verses are a bit of a stretch. 
to say that we're supposed to care for ourselves physically um, because those are about spiritual concepts. Well, I just don't care if people say that. Um, I don't believe it. I, it's, it's literally talking bodies, talking flesh, that, that we were given these bodies as a, as a way to honor God. All I know is also that these verses were told to me as a kid as a reason that I couldn't get piercings or tattoos. And, um, and I was like, I mean, have you actually read what the temple looked like? It was colorful. It had lots of jewels, right? They were painted all over. I mean, even Jesus was pierced. So, um, but, yeah, was that too far? I don't know. Uh, I'm thankful for Jesus' piercings. And so. I do believe that we were given these bodies for a very purpose and that our earthly vessels are important to God and that he needs us to care for them because he has a purpose for us and it, we, without our physical bodies, we cannot do that purpose. We are commanded to steward everything that God has given us and this body and this life we have is also one of those things. Now, I don't see anywhere in the Bible that says you have to be a power lifter like Mark back there, uh, right? Yeah. Sorry, don't hurt me. No, um, but you don't need to be a CrossFit athlete. You don't got to be a yoga Instagram influencer. Like, praise God that that's not what we were commanded to do. But we were asked to care for this, right? We should strive to be healthy. Now, you'd be looking at me and go, well, that's kind of easy for you to say you're in decent shape. And I said, I've been in better shape. Um, But three years ago, I lost 100 pounds to get into shape because of this very thing. It literally changed everything for me. I wasn't after it to find the right summer bod. I'd already married Victoria. I mean, I didn't need much more. She was still there. Uh, But I realized that I wasn't healthy. And because of that, I wasn't honoring God with my body. It was a barrier that came between me and my ministry, not only to my youth kids, but to my family. Like, I, it was, I couldn't have fun with my kids. I couldn't hang out with my youth kids the way that, like, I wanted to and felt best to be able to build relationships from them. And the barrier was my physical body. But getting that under control and getting my health into shape allowed me to see that I wasn't stewarding other things that God had given me as well. And it actually helped lead us into getting a lot of things together in our life, like our finances. Um, it brought our family together in... Um, It's just allowing me to see how unhealthy I was mentally. That allowed me to get to a therapist and a counselor um, so I could be more clear-minded to make good decisions about the life and where we were leading. It it led us to paying off debt, um, downsizing our lives to live more minimally, and eventually moving to find a less stressful job and to be around better support for us. All of that came literally from a decision that I'm like, I got to lose some weight. Taking care of your physical body is important. But it's all aspects of health. It means being active, eating healthy, and resting, staying away from drugs and, and too much alcohol and all those things. It, it'll change more than just that physical side of your body. There's a sin that we hardly mention in the American church, I feel like, and that's the sin of gluttony. And gluttony is the habitual greed or overconsumption. Right? That was something that I noticed in my life. I overate and I overconsumed food. I overconsumed things. My house was just full of stuff. It was a coping mechanism for me to, to go and get more of whatever it was when I wasn't doing well. And I started to realize that if God was truly my portion, if I needed him first thing in my life, then I needed to start turning to him and not to food and not to buying things. 
Our country is disease and sickness ridden. It's everywhere, minus COVID, you know, get that out. It's obviously a problem to you, but even beyond that. And a lot of this is brought on to ourselves because of how we overconsume. It's not just food, right? We overconsume everything, right? The, one of the like, main hot topic words that's been around for the last few, work, few years is binge, right? We binge eat. We binge drink, we binge shop, we binge sex, we binge Netflix, we binge, you know, it's just on and on. It's like, it's almost a status. I want to be binging more of whatever it is, right? right that, I mean, Netflix figured out, we like this stuff. You know, instead of releasing one episode a week, let's just give it to them all. They want it, right? And we're like, yes, please, right? I don't want to wait for things anymore. Give it, give it all to me. But that's where I was. I, we owned too much stuff. We spent all, more money than we had. We ate too much. We watched way too much TV. It was everywhere in our lives. Man, Americans, we're just gluttons at the core. And self-care really, when it comes down to it, if you could walk away with one thing today, is that self-care is self-control. It's limiting ourselves to just what we need. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 13 says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our bodies. I love that. You could say food was made for the stomach and stomach for the food. Like, it's true, but it doesn't mean that go out there and overconsume. Right? Your body performs best on the right amount of food and not overconsumption. Your mind performs, performs best in organized spaces, not cluttered, overflowing areas. Your wallet performs best when the money coming in and going out is under control. Sex is best within the boundaries the Bible says. Sure, a TV show might help you relax, but binge-watching TV will keep you from doing what God needs you to do. And you'll be at your best with the right amount of sleep. Ecclesiastes 7, 16 through 18 says, Do not be over-righteous, neither be over-wise. Why destroy yourself? Do not be over-wicked and do not be a fool. Why die before your time? It is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. Whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. Self-care, this self-control is about bringing balance to your life and not being over-consumed by everything and also not under-consuming because under-consuming things, especially food and things that are healthy for you, um, physical activity, those type of stuff, that is not healthy for you as well. There's a balance that is needed. Taking a break from work and finding rest is important. Setting a day where you just are going to rest like we've been commanded, a holy day, a Sabbath, is important for your health. God knows what he was doing when he commanded this for us. But also, he didn't ask that we rest all the time. There's a family I follow on YouTube that they made an official Sabbath on Saturday every week. And it's for two main reasons, is that they found rest to be very important. But they also realized that, yeah, they could work and go make more money. But when they take that day off, it puts God number one in their life, saying, God, I'm going to follow your commands and not go work another day and understand that you will take care of me because I'm honoring what you've asked me to do. It puts God in the right priority when we take those days of rest. 
right? Body care involves getting your finances in control, right? Debt leads to worry, which leads to stress. And stress is one of the major causes of all illnesses in America. Some 90% studies say that stress is related to all of the illnesses that come through hospitals. I think really the two main things in America that we deal with that, that leads to these things is one, being out of shape, over-consuming, and then stress brought on by our finances. Right? Understand that God never commanded you to live the American dream. And the sooner you stop chasing those things and start living within the means that he's given you, the sooner all that stress can leave. Right? And that's the same with your health. Take control of it. Science proves that eating healthy food options is good not only for your physical body, but for your mental health. Science has proved that being active for just 20 minutes a day, either just going on a 20-minute walk, is good for your physical health and your mental health. Right? And if you have mental struggles, don't ignore it. Go and see a counselor. Right? Go find a therapist. There's no difference between seeing a therapist for mental issues and seeing a doctor for physical issues. Right? I recently started going to a therapist again to work on some things that I've been going through in my life. And it's been super good. In general, we just need to stop overconsuming anything but God. And we can't overconsume God because there's so much of it, it never ends. But everything else, we need to bring back a little bit of balance, start implementing um, self-control into those things. I'm going to add a warning to this because I think that we can, and it's why the church avoided this idea of, of self-care and caring for ourselves, is because you can take it too far to where you start to ignore the first things of keeping God first and, and caring for others. If we look back at the greatest commandment, Jesus said, love God with all your heart, your soul, and mind, and your lover, and lover. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Guys, I think self-care and all these things that Jesus was teaching us was so that we can find that joy he has for us. And we truly find joy in joy itself. And that's keeping Jesus first, then others, and then yourself. Right? And you can remember that. It's really easy because like, we want joy in our life. And if we can keep these things in the right order, like, I I really believe God has so much for us that he can release into our lives this year. But when we mess up our priorities and we get things off track, he's got to go back to those basics of your life and bring you to getting God first and, and to remember to care for other people or even to remember to love yourself. Well, I believe self-care is very important. It's only important because it's a step to loving others and that's a step to loving God. If your self-care is leading you towards selfishness, that you're not headed in the right direction. Right? I, how many of you guys have ever been on an airplane before, flown somewhere, you know, and they, they, they do the, the little thing. Hopefully, you've never had the oxygen mass drop out of the ceiling on any of your flights. Um, and because you're all here, I assume it hasn't happened. But, um, you know, they do the whole thing. They say, when those masks fall, take care of yourself first so that you can care for the people around you. And help those who are struggling with that. And that's why God has this idea of self-care. It's so that we can be at our best to care for the people around us, right? Or maybe a better picture for you is the, the uh, pitcher of water. 
right? If your, your pitcher of water is empty, you can no longer fill those people around you. And the only way to fill that is by caring for yourself and understanding those things, right? Jesus himself practiced self-care. Luke 5, 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Mark 1.35 says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out to an isolated place to pray. He got away from the crowds. He got away from the busyness of work to refill so that he could continue to pour out. But at the same time, he also understood Mark 10.45 that says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. To really be able to grab onto these things, you need to know your why, your purpose. And I think the purpose of self-care is this. It's to be in the best shape spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially to serve whenever and wherever God needs us. Right? Because all of those things can keep us from being in the place that God needs us to be. And it's not because he doesn't want to take care of those things just to use you because he does care about you. Remember, he fearfully and wonderfully made you. He knows you best and wants you to be at your best. Before we end today, I want, you to, I want to take an inventory of your life. Not me, you take one of your life. Um, so underneath your seats is a note card and a pen. Pull them out real quick. All right, we're going to walk through these things. I want you to rate yourself. On a one to five, one being I need to work a lot in this area and five being this is the best I've ever been in this area. All right, so has everybody got that? The first thing we're talking about is your spiritual health. Rate it on a one to five, five being best because this is where it starts, right? Are you in God tight right now? You guys doing, well, you doing a good job building those spiritual habits that we've talked about? Make note of things that you could work on that you remember from our conversations. Secondly, how is your mental health? Have you been stressed? Are you overwhelmed with life? Are you unable to make decisions? Are you thinking positively about yourself? Right? Make note here again of things that you could work on. Maybe you need to set up a time to see a counselor or a therapist. Maybe stress caused by other issues in your life you need to get under control. Maybe you need to do a Bible study on God's love for you. Maybe you need to spend some time studying your personality type or gifts so that you can understand the masterpiece that God made you to be. Uh, maybe it's just taking time to meditate daily. Third, where are you at emotionally? Right? Do your emotions feel like they're controlling your life? Take note of things you can work on. Are you, are you just listening to your emotions or are they controlling you? Do a study of what emotions mean. Maybe that would help you out and how to respond to them. And maybe you need to see a therapist or counselor to talk through these things or um, take, take a vacation, get a break. Make time for things that you enjoy. And guys, vacations are possible for everybody. I run into so many people who say, well, I can't do that. I can't miss work. If you make it a priority in your life, you can go on vacations and take time away from work. You just have to build that into your life. How is your physical health? Right? Maybe you need to start eating better, or having regular exercise. Maybe you lose weight 
or stop drinking so much, or stop eating out, stop doing drugs. You know, those are good areas to start. Um, get some more regular rest in your life. So are you guys sleeping the right amount every night? Um, I want to throw out a challenge here. Um, starting in February, I'll, we'll get some more information out about this, so um, just pay attention for it. But um, we're going to do a little diet bet here at the church. Um, okay, and so where you will wager against yourself to lose weight. Um, like I said, more information will go out thing, but we're going to do a six-month-long one because I don't want it to be a short-term thing. I want it to be something that we're implementing into our lives, and you'll have six months to lose 10% of your weight, and uh, you will wager a certain amount of money. We'll get that out against yourself, and if you hit your goal, you get your money back. If you don't, everybody else gets your money. So, uh, I mean, I'm going to root for all of us to win, on the outside? No, um, but, right, this is my, like, over-consuming. I have things to buy. Um, no, um, but seriously, so pay attention to that. We'll be getting things out. I didn't want to do it while we're in the middle of our fast because I don't want our fast to be about physical things. Our fast is about spiritual things, so um, we'll get this going in uh, probably beginning of February, so uh, just let it know we'll be coming out there. And I think that this is important. And so we're going to work on it as a community and be there as support for each other in that. Um, fifth, how is health? Right? Do you have too much debt? Do you have no emergency savings? Are you tithing? Are you giving? Are you spending too much? Do you have too much stuff in your life? Are you paying for things that you don't need? In general, are you living within your means? Right. If you like getting help fi like with finances and stuff, I used to work as a financial advisor. I also just like weirdly was gifted with um, the, the ability to like numbers. Um, so I, w I would love to sit down with you guys and help you out. But we also um, will be offering a, a class later this year called Financial Peace University, um, which is Dave Ramsey thing. And uh, it's super good at like just learning the basics about money and life and how um, to just take control of it. And so um, just be aware of that and on the lookout too. You may be looking back at your list right now going, that has a lot to work on, right? I, I know mine is. It's better than it's been, but like that's just because I knew this message was coming. So I've started working on things already. Um, because I, let me tell you, a few weeks ago, these numbers were not where they are now. But God wants to help you with this. Like you're not on your own. Like I said, he, he's created you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life, and he wants to be there for you. Galatians 5.23 says that one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Like you're not on your own. The Holy Spirit wants to come and give you self-control to be able to make these decisions, but when we're, we kind of ignore that one, right? She's like, well, I got it under, I got it under control. God's like, did you see your scores on that test? Uh, because right? I can guarantee that all of us have at least one area that we can be pinpointing and starting working on this week. But don't do it on your own power. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Lean back and say, man, Holy Spirit, I'm going to need you to wake me up so that I can work out. Because I have just no desire to do that inside of me. I, you just go on this walk. Make, help him, like, God, help me carve out time in my life to do these things. Right? Give me the ability to say no to spending more money this week. All right, Victoria prays that prayer over me every day. Uh, but seriously, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you into these things. 
what to, what to put into action first so you're not overwhelmed with it, right? This isn't a list to add stress to your life. This is supposed to be a list to decrease the stress in your life. Remember, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are burden laden, all of you who are carrying too much weight on your life. And I want to take that weight from you because I have a weight for you that you can carry. Right? So understand that, that this weight may seem like a lot, but, but when you come to God, he's going to be able to give it to you in a way that you can't handle. Right, let's pray. God, I thank you for your love for us, Lord. Man, that you're not a God that's just like, oh man, what did I do with that person? But you look at us and you're like, that is the best thing I've ever made. Everything about that person, I just love. In their very core, those things that I've desired, put them in those desires, those skills, those talents, those abilities, those gifts. And I have such a good purpose for them and I wish they would just understand it and come and find it. God, and I pray that you would help us to see that this week as we start going, okay, God, where, how do we start taking care of ourselves so that we can be available to serve you, to serve those around us, Lord? Would you let us really feel and see the love you have for us? And would you, would you give us the self-control to put these plans into place, Lord? God, we love you so much. In your name we pray, amen. Before you guys go, if you want to dig deeper into some of these topics, I did a series, I think last year, on finding balance, and we talked a little bit more in depth on a lot of these things. It's a good place to start. Don't forget to join us Saturday. Uh, bring soup to share, and uh, watch for email announcements about the weight loss challenge thing. So go and take care of yourself for Jesus today. I'll see you skinnier next week.